Hi, this is Dr. William Runner. I'm here with Dr. Alan Safdie, world-famous gastroenterologist, and we're talking about second opinions. Alan, when should you get a second opinion? I always worry that if I ask for a second opinion, that my doctor will feel insulted or that I don't believe him. That's true, Bill. I mean, a lot of people will get a second opinion on their refrigerator or their heating system or their car before they get a second opinion in regards to their health. Um, let me just give you some data in regards to second opinion. So I think it's important for us to understand, and this is from Mayo Clinic, and it was a study that up to 88% of patients looking for a second opinion leave the office. And these are patients with more complicated diseases but they left the office with a new or refined diagnosis, a little bit of help they got in regards to their treatment. Um, so that's important. But what's more important was 21% of the patients left with a distinctly different diagnosis. That means one out of five patients actually had a distinctly different diagnosis. So a lot of people are afraid to ask. In so you're saying at the time of the second opinion, the second opinion disagreed one-fifth of the time with the original diagnosis. Yeah, in, in regards to second opinions, at least in this case, and these are more rare or complicated diseases, it's not for somebody with type 2 diabetes or hypertension or something like that that is more commonplace, but for more rare or complicated diseases, one out of five people left with a different diagnosis than what they came in with, and you know, 88% of them more refined it. Uh, a little bit. Now, your other question was, should you feel guilty? Um, do you feel guilty? I don't feel guilty because uh, as a physician myself, I'm happy to have any opinion I make. I'm happy if another physician reviews it. So, you know, there's a couple ways of asking. First of all, um, it's standard medical practice for complicated um, diagnosis to often get a second opinion. Uh, it's not unusual. There should be no guilt in the patient's mind. And if your doctor gets upset over you asking for a second opinion, I would question if you want to have a doctor you can work with a little bit more int intimately. So I think you have to do this directly and unemotionally. Um, tell the doctor that you value their opinion, but you want an appraisal of diagnosis and treatment to that point in time. And often, it's, they're not going to disagree. Uh, there might be a little fine refinements in regards to how to treat this or um, where we go in the future, but I've never been insulted when somebody asks for a second opinion. Okay, we should not feel guilty about asking for a second opinion, but in, Alan, in your opinion, when should uh, patients get a second opinion? It's a good question, Bill. Um, first of all, you know, being a good consumer of healthcare is important. So seeking as much information as possible so you can decide what's best for you is important. Uh, you may feel totally comfortable with the first opinion with your current physician, the course that they're taking. It may be an uncomplicated disease. So you have to consider a few questions. You know, how serious is my healthcare problems that I'm undergoing? Um, how am I doing? You know, do I continue to have problems? Uh, if your symptoms continue, you may want to get a second opinion. Uh, let me step back a little bit is I want people to ask themselves, who would go out and buy a car without doing some research? 
Um, I don't think anybody's going to go out and buy a car without doing some due diligence on that car, whether it be a new car or a used car. They're going to know the safety features. They're going to know more about it. But and if you bought the car and it's not running well and you take it to the same mechanic over and over again, you're going to get a second opinion because it's not running well. Um, so if you're if you're sick and you're not getting better, that's when you get a second opinion. I think it's a time to consider that, you know, and often a doctor, me as a physician, I've recommended to people they get a second opinion. A fresh set of eyes is sometimes reasonable. I've seen people for a second opinion and I've asked people to get a second opinion. Uh, If you have a very rare disease and you're not getting better um, or if we're not certain of the diagnosis, you know, so continued symptomatology, it's important uh, for people to consider getting another opinion. And if you're having surgery, uh, and the surgery may involve some significant risks, and there may be more than one way to approach the surgery, should I approach it robotically? Should I approach it laparoscopically? Should I approach it with open surgery? Are there different methodologies for doing that, whether it be open heart surgery or GI tract surgery or gallbladder surgery or whatever it is? There's different ways of doing those surgeries. So if you're not comfortable with the initial first opinion, you may want to get a second opinion. All right. Now, where would you go for a second opinion? Say you're going to have surgery and um, you're a little concerned. You've been briefed on the complications. And believe me, there are complications of every surgery. Just the anesthesia itself is probably the highest complication rate. Who should we ask? Where should you go? Again, this requires being an informed consumer. So getting a different doctor's opinion does not necessarily mean leaving the institution you're in. So um, there's no good answer to that question. For certain diseases, I may may recommend different places to get a second opinion. Often it may be the same doctor from a different doctor in your same institution. Uh, And I've given second opinions for people in my same practice. Uh, so it's just anybody that's going to give an honest, objective opinion, and that's their area of expertise. So it's not just a second opinion, but it's a doctor that's familiar with their that area of the problem. So if it's somebody that's with inflammatory bowel disease, you want to seek a second opinion from an inflammatory bowel disease expert that predominantly treats inflammatory bowel disease. If, you, if it's cardiology, you may want to seek an expert that has one very good reviews. And that's their focus, depending upon whether if it's electrophysiologic in regards to cardiology or if it's anatomical in regards to cardiology. So you want to find your specific area of expertise. But it could be the same institution that may be traveling to Cleveland Clinic, Mayo Clinic, MD Anderson, um, Sloan Kettering. So it really depends upon the disease. So it's a very difficult question to answer. Well, you mentioned those four places, which are the most frequent things that I hear about, um, going to the Cleveland Clinic, going to the Mayo Clinic, um, MD Anderson, Sloan Kettering. Um, what should they do? Should the, should the individual search on the Internet uh, at their websites and see if their diseases are mentioned? Uh, how, does, how does someone find out where to go? So, First of all, I would discuss this with your physician. Um, your physician, this is a team approach. So. I've had people sent to me um, because I have a certain expertise in autoimmune disease, inflammatory bowel disease. And I've sent people that I knew in my field. I used 
a doctor at University of Chicago quite often for a second opinion if they wanted one. So I knew the doctor. I knew that he would give me an independent appraisal. I knew his field of expertise. So start with your doctor. Don't necessarily stop. Start with the internet. Um, the most popular doctor may not be the best doctor. A doctor that has a review in a local magazine that may be voted on by their peers. The peers may be just employed by the same hospital. It doesn't mean that they're the best or have the best um, qualifications to be seen you. So start with your doctor. Say, who would you see? Who would you send a family member to for a second opinion? Then once they give you that, look at the references, look at their publications, Google them. You can look for malpractice suits. You can look for other things. Um, there are doctors that were quite busy, even in the area that we practice, that have had multiple lawsuits and patients didn't even realize it. All right. Uh, well, for our, our audience, Alan, can you just summarize this briefly? Yeah. I mean, I think that for certain diseases, you may want to consider a second opinion uh, for more complicated cancer diagnosis, um, more complicated diseases. Ask yourself, how serious is my condition? How well am I doing? Do I need to get independent, uh, not just verification of my diagnosis and treatment, but, you know, independent verification of the pathway that we go forward. Um, you're really not checking up on your doctor. It's a team approach. If somebody comes back with a second opinion that's slightly different, we can combine that information. Is there a better treatment for me? You know, I think that that's always a question. Is there another way to approach this? Are there any studies that are in the future? It's not just what do we have now, but medicine is evolving so rapidly we want doctors to talk to them about what's in the future. Um, so I think there's, you know, do I have any doubts about anything I've heard? Or am I uncomfortable with anything I've heard in the office situation uh, or surgery? So, it, you know, if you're having surgery, discuss with them. Is there a reason if it's more complicated surgery to get a second opinion? But I think that we have to just be informed consumers. If you ask for one or want one, discuss it with your doctor. And remember, most physicians that I'm aware of would never get insulted if somebody asked for a second opinion. All right. Thank you. This has been a really very helpful uh, session.